What's good, everyone? I'm your host, Christian Black. And I'm your co-host, Matthew Gorichkovsky. And welcome to season two of Our Small Majority, featuring artists, historians, activists, and entertainers alike empowering women of color. And today, we're joined by Janelle Williams, a multimedia storyteller. During this ongoing pandemic, she created a show called Car Therapy, which is a scripted six-episode web series about a down-on-her-luck college therapist who decides to drive for a ride-sharing app to make ends meet during a pandemic. Mm, That speaks to me. Now, in one of Janelle's interviews, when she was asked why did she make car therapy, she said this. Not only do we need more Black stories on screen, we need to have these conversations surrounding mental health. It's slowly breaking out of the taboo category of the Black community, and I want to use my series to shed more light on it in a comedic way. This isn't intended to throw a textbook diagnosis around, but to have real conversations about how each character vents, reacts, and explores a different side of the human experience. Hmm. And I think that's absolutely right. I love how she expands on this more inside the interview. It gave me a lot of insight. So, uh, Christian, Mm. how's your mental health right now? Uh why are you asking me, man? Uh, 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 nothing. You think you funny, huh? All right. It's time to go to this episode because it's for your education. Come on. All right. All right. Let's get to the episode. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Do you feel that mental health is stressed enough in the black community? Tell us all about it on this week's Instagram post at Our Small Majority. We want to hear from you. All right. Let's go. Stories about family, self-discovery, multi-generational stories, pretty much relationship and character, character-based stories. That's what I'm really passionate about. I think in another life, I was a psychologist <laughs> or something because I love like just people watching, studying people, um, getting into people's minds and just trying to figure out why people do the things that they do. Um, and I, I love kind of seeing that on screen. Nice. Are there any films that um, focus on like the psychological aspect that have inspired your work? Um. Well, some of my favorite films is like uh, one, Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest and um, mm. Girl Interrupted. Um, stories like that. Um, Moonlight, of course. Um, just really focusing on the characters and kind of like where they are, um, you know, in, in that certain space that there's certain headspace and, and things that they're going through. Um, and I really don't like it's it's interesting because I don't like to watch trauma <laughs> necessarily. Like I'm not really into um, like, I guess the the slave tropes that we've been seeing in movies pretty much every year, but um, not in in that way, but I do like kind of like, I guess, getting into people's heads as they're processing um, trauma. Like, I don't necessarily want to see it, but how people get through it and triumph um, despite their trauma, those are stories I like. even like the movie Precious, it was a hard story to watch, but it was, it was, I think it was definitely a, a necessary movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess one question that would stem from that is when I talk to other people um, in the Black community, um, and when it comes to movies and representation and stuff like that, I do get a lot of feedback and People will say that, okay, I'm tired of seeing, you know, slave movies and things like that, even though there's some wonderful, wonderful films, um, you know, that cover those stories that need coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they say, well, that's not the only thing that I want to see inside the theaters or on Netflix or what have you that represents my, you know, group of people. Um, so what would you say if you had, well, you actually do have a voice inside of it. So using your voice, what would you say are some stories that need to be sort of pushed forward inside the Black community? Um, well, I'll say I'll say this about kind of like the, the slave narratives. I think that um, at this point, those type of movies aren't 
really made for us because we kind of already know um, our history, at least to the extent of American history. Um, so I think those are at this point catered more to people that are not black. Um, but I mean, I find myself going to see those movies because I want to support, um, you know, the black writers or black directors or black actors in the film, in the film, but it's just been getting harder and harder for me to, to watch. Um, just cause I just feel like it's, it's just a perpetual cycle that we're in. Um, every two years, another one comes out. Um, but I think, some stories that should be still in the black community surround black women surround uh queer black folk um disabled black folk stories that we don't see on the mainstream um and i feel like we're 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 slowly getting there i've seen a couple web series that focus on like uh queer black people and you know, the web series I'm doing is focusing is centered on black women. Um, but we're 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 slowly getting there. Um, but I think we just need to even push those stories even more. And yeah, that, you know, we're not a monolith as a community. There there's different types of black folk. <laughs> Everyone's mm-hmm. not just one, you know, one way. We have multi-dimensional people living and breathing and those stories deserve to be told right right i know that like a personal opinion of mine would be well how about we start telling stories for you know black success um or like part of the stories when it comes to the slave narrative um all the success that they have and really dive deep like for the the underground real world for instance Mm -hmm. um and I know that there was just a film made by Harriet, uh, made about Harriet Tubman. But how about we expand more on that and even go further inside history for like during the civil rights movement um, and how Martin Luther King's wife organized some of the marches mm-hmm. and just more representation for black women yeah. inside of the civil rights movement. Um, but you don't really see that advertised too much in your opinion, how do you think we can advertise more of that inside of the film industry when it comes to more female Black representation and more female um, Black historical um, figures that people aren't knowledgeable about? Um, I think I think it's a kind of a multi-sub thing. I think the main thing is we live in a patriarchal society. So <laughs> as long as we live in that, um, you know, the male perspective is always going to be in the forefront. So that's just, that's just how it is, unfortunately. Um, but I, I think by hiring more, um, you know, black women writers and black women creatives and actually having their, their voices inside the rooms that, um, you know, have the the green light for the projects. I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. And actually, them not being in a room just to be there, but actually their voices are being are holding weight in as far as like the production and and how you know storylines go. Um, but yeah, I I think I mean as long as we live in the society we live in, it's it's uh it's gonna be hard. We just have to chip at it just we just have to keep chipping at it really until we mm-hmm. knock it down and that's really right. when changes want to come yeah uh sorry to interrupt for a quick sec i think christian christian's mic might not be connected we've been to dc uh well i've been to dc twice matt's been to dc um once yeah that one time we, with you uh yeah so we know all about it especially during this political time yeah that's why i I left Uh, i'm originally from there and i left in 2017 oh yeah i don't blame you i do not blame you this is a time for you to pursue my dream yeah (laughs) if it ain't now (laughs) i don't know how much longer we got so let me just go for it (laughs) right (laughs) you're in los angeles now right yes 
Yep. So how how's that compared? Three and a half years. Um, I mean, I I love it. I love it out here. Um, I definitely had to get used to, I guess, the different. I don't know. I feel like East Coast is more, mm, more direct, and out here mm-hmm. more like, you know, you can. I don't know. They they just have a, a more wayward mm-hmm. way of of saying and, and doing things. So. I definitely mm-hmm. had to get used to that because it was, I would say it was a little frustrating at first. I'm just, 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 just say what you're going to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what would be one prime example of that for you? Um, I feel like out here people tend to flake a lot more like mm-hmm. at the last minute. And it's just like, if you didn't want to do something, you just, just say yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just let's say say it. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. Right. Like I don't. I'm still gonna do whatever, but mm-hmm. just just say it instead of you know like oh, okay yeah cool cool cool. And then I hit you up on the day, and it's just like oh I have existing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like all right, well, <laughs> and then like, right. even for like auditions and stuff, um, you know, pe- like the casting they'll be like oh yeah 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 you're great and then you never hear from me mm-hmm. again just like well what right. is it? <laughs> was it me like yeah like what so yeah <laughs> well which well i guess another good question would be back inside the film industry did you see any difference as you know an african-american woman or a black woman in the east coast compared to here uh, definitely. Where the area I was from, it was, um, it was pretty much all black. Like it was, I lived in a majority black community, um, high school, you know, it was, it was, it was diverse, but it was mostly, I would say black people. And so I grew up around, you know, black business owners, black doctors, black lawyers, black dentists, like all black everything. Um, and then when I came out here, it was just like, oh, it was, mm-hmm kind of hard trying to find my people because it's just it's it's so many pockets it's not really like a whole you know throughout Mm -hmm. it's just like little pockets of the city that have black people so it was kind of a culture shock I think the fact that I went to American University where we were just totally the minority that prepared me for out here but it was still a shock because I just thought LA was was different and I also didn't right. know that it was this huge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Most people are like, oh, okay, it's a city. No, it's a city, city within a city. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely it's something else when it comes to traffic oh, alone, yeah. when it comes to finding everything that you need, housing, things like that. Yeah. But, well, Speaking of traffic and driving and things, we saw your new web series that's coming up, Car Therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to hear a little bit more about that. I was definitely intrigued for that one with my background inside psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I kind of had this idea going for, I want to say a year and a half, maybe even two years. And I just didn't know how to how to go about getting it out. I had an idea of a woman and she's kind of just like going through therapy, like in her car. Like, mm-hmm. cause I know for me, like when I had a bunch of roommates and stuff and I was in therapy, I, I had to sit in my car because I couldn't just, you know, be on mm-hmm. the phone, like in the common areas, you know, talking about my, my issues and my problems with like <laughs> other people in the house so I was I was in my in my in my car mm-hmm. doing um you know doing my therapy sessions and I I don't know I just had was that was in the back of my mind for about a year and a half and then with this whole um, pandemic hit I was like okay I want to do something what can I do so I I was taking a writing class at the time and I was working on a pilot kind of. I don't know, kind of still in that realm, but not really. And my mentor was like, it seems like you kind of have two ideas in one. You should pick which one you want to do and have that for the pilot. 
So I ended up going with another idea that I had, would that was within that pilot. I kind of built that up and removed the therapy aspect, but I still was holding on to it. And so I don't know, just one day I was just like, okay, what if, you know, we had a therapist and she's kind of like strapped on cash. And so she, she does Uber and she just happens to give advice or her writers. And I kind of just like built on that idea. I think there was a meme that was kind of like going around and it said park car conversations are low key therapy sessions. And I feel like some of my best and worst conversations have been in the car. Like, you know, breakups, um, finding about death of people in my family, um, good news, you know, just like a whole bunch has happened in the context of a car in my life. And so uh, my car has kind of been like a central place in me growing up. Really? I mean, I drove across country with my car. Like, you know, there was a time out here when I was homeless and that was the only place I had. Like, I've had some really trying times within my car. Um, And I feel like other people have that too. Like, people, you know, you get off work and you just find yourself just chilling in your car for like an hour (laughs) before you you even go inside the house. You're just like scrolling or you're listening to music or you're on the phone or something like that. It's just... I don't know. I just feel like it's a place of comfort and, you know, in talking with other people, I kind of found that commonality. So I pretty much just created a series about she, uh, a down on her luck college therapist and she, her best friend convinces her to ride for, um, drive for Uber to kind of like make money and mm-hmm. just ends up meeting these very interesting LA characters, very, very diverse people, <laughs> very interesting, interesting people, and kind of just like looking at the human experience in the context of like a car and how you know you paths cross like every day and kind of the impact that you have on each other, whether you know it or not. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely can relate to that when it comes to just having those deep talks inside of, you know, your car with a friend or a significant other, or like the, another meme is like when it's on that w- white lawn chair made of plastic real late at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have the best conversation in your life or the worst mm-hmm. one with your, you know, your close circle of friends. Mm-hmm. So why are we on the topic of deep conversations and mental health? Uh, I know that you've done not only work within film but also just your everyday life too when it comes to being an entrepreneur or uh, a businesswoman um but i wanted to get your personal opinion on the stigma of giving attention to mental health inside the black community Mm -hmm. um what's your take on that um well that was one of the main reasons why i also did it because i wanted to have conversations about mental health in the black community and i feel like you know, I feel like it's slowly becoming a thing. Like there's accounts like the NAP Ministry and Therapy for Black Girls. They have podcasts as well. And there's a um, another page for Black men, Therapy for Black men. There's, you know, there's little pockets of um, resources for like mental health and wellness. And I feel like it's it's slowly, slowly becoming a thing and becoming... Um, more talked about and I think it's just with this generation like we're just a lot more open than our you know our parents or our grandparents you know they had to they just had to get through life they just you know they were grateful to just get through life um, and you know be alive and be healthy and well and we are kind of just like not settling for that like we want to we don't want to just to to live we want to be alive we want to experience life and we want to kind of create the best lives for ourselves, and we have the resources to do it so I think that is kind of why we're moving in to that I guess that lane um but I, I think that it's definitely important and you know shows like Insecure you know they um have therapists in there and we see them pop in um every once in a while I, I think that it's slowly starting to 
to get on screen. And I think that there definitely just needs to continue to be a push, continue to be um, have more open minded conversations um, because it's important. Like, I think in my opinion, I think every black person should have free therapy. Like, I think that should be a thing for us. Um, that's the yeah. least that they could do, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, at the very least, um, mm-hmm. because we just have so much baggage. And I think it, it's gonna, it takes a lot of work to kind of undo the generational traumas that we have as, you know, black people, just because of what happened to us and our people, um, whether it be in, you know, taken from Africa um, not knowing our bloodlines, our direct bloodlines, and just having this, I guess, kind of dichotomy between African Americans or Black people and, and people that are um, from Africa or from the Caribbean, um, and just how we are, I guess, our, I don't know, I want to be careful with my words, but just our relationships with, with right each other and our our dynamics within the black community um i think that it's just important to have these conversations and we have to protect ourselves because obviously no one else is protecting us and that includes not only our physical um health but also our spiritual and mental health so this was that was one of like the main reasons why i did this because i feel like we just need to keep pushing these conversations and it's a comedy because I know people like laughing and laughter is good for, you know, it's, it's, it's medicine. And so I just wanted to, to start these conversations, um, get people laughing, get people talking and hopefully getting people to, you know, really have these conversations and, and open up with each other. Right. How, how do you go about dealing with mental health during the pandemic with COVID that we're in right now? Um, I and well, writing is is therapy for me. Um, you know, it's my job, but it's also free free therapy. <laughs> um, mm. definitely. Um, I I eat plant based. I feel like that definitely helps me with my um, I guess my mental space and just how I feel. Um just when I eliminate processed foods and just certain things that don't really add anything to, to us. When I like eliminate that, I feel that's when I feel my best, um, you know, exercising, going on walks, um, talking to people, talking to loved ones and just taking breaks. Like I kind of took a social media break over the weekend. So I'm just like, I just, it's just a lot going on. I'm probably going to, take a break almost for the the most of this week just at least getting through tomorrow um because it's just it's just too much um therapy I'm looking for a uh a new therapist currently and yeah just I kind of know I know my my trigger my triggers and you know, and when I'm feeling a certain way, I'm like, all right, I kind of have like a a little checklist of things. And I'm like, okay, do, do I do, did I do this? Did I do this? Did I do this? And usually once I complete that checklist, I feel better. Like once I make sure that I, I did those things for myself, I, I typically feel better at, by mm-hmm. the end of that. Does, do you have any, uh, uh, like uh the any of the episodes in car therapy talk about covid or have like uh the the protagonist struggling with finding people to drive around now because of um, covid not not her struggling but one of her um her riders is in a predicament and struggling due to um due to covid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah got it um one question i had for you was i know or at least i always hear about this argument when when, you know you're comparing the black struggle from a male's perspective to a female's perspective Mm -hmm. inside of a mental health lens um how would you say you know therapists if you know like what you just mentioned before 
if the world was perfect, <laughs> if this country was perfect, yeah. and you know, the black community was able to get free um, therapy sessions or you know a free therapist through their healthcare mm-hmm. plan, um, do you think that only black therapists would be equipped in order to um, cater to um, the black community? Since in theory, they would be able to um, relate more to the black struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think about this question a lot and I, I think I'll say that I can't, I won't necessarily say that someone that's not black isn't qualified, but I think that there needs to be like, I don't know, some, some, some type of way to know that they know what they're talking about and they, they understand, like they fully understand. They didn't just read one article and like, okay, I understand the black plight. It's like they studied African-American studies. Like that was like a minor or something like that. Like they really, really, really know. And they're really, really invested in this community. And it's not just like, I'm just doing this because they're paying me. Like they need to be fully invested. But I will say for myself, um, I, have only had black therapists because <laughs> I just, <laughs> just for me, just for me personally, right. I'm like, I need, I need a black therapist. And um, I've, I, I've found that I have had more success with black women therapists than black men therapists. Yeah. Cause I know that there is an argument or not necessarily an argument, but it's always a topic when mm-hmm. it comes to who had it worth worse the black man or the black woman um and it's like well come on y'all first we need to fix the issue not argue who had it worse (laughs) um like right turn it on each other when we already have so many things to deal with right now Mm -hmm. um but i can definitely understand at a a therapeutic level just having someone to relate to and someone Mm -hmm. who's educated as well that's a, a component that people usually leave out because you know, you can have two black individuals, but if one grew up in Compton compared to Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. then just because they're black doesn't mean that they have the same experiences. Now they mm-hmm. might end up having the same consequences when they're faced with certain things, mm-hmm. um, but experience not so much. Yeah, yeah, you know? I definitely agree. Definitely. Um, so going back to more of a storyteller. What would be like some tips that you would have um, for writers, for aspiring writers and people that are just getting started, people who are still too afraid to leave D.C.? (laughs) Um, What would you what would be like three main tips that you say, I, you know, make sure you do this or I wish I did this? Mm. Um, For me, what helped me a lot was. And still is, but reading scripts, reading other people's scripts. Um, and when once I moved out here, I actually went to the um, the WGA library, and they have like a, a huge database of, of scripts, um, and even like some you know old school hard copy scripts of um, different shows and movies and stuff like that. But just reading other people's work, um, I have a whole a whole little folder of just like different scripts I've kind of like collected over the years from in you know it's movies shows just everything if it's if if I watch something and I'm like I like the the show I'll try to find the script and read it and see like how they pretty much how they got it from script to screen um you know kind of in reverse and sometimes I'll, I'll read the script before I watch it and I'll kind of compare or sometimes I'll I'll double back after I watch it and read the script. Um, and a good thing also is to read along as you're watching um, the show or the the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading scripts, just looking at different people's style, like I feel like there's there's so many rules in filmmaking, but no one writes the same. Like you you'll notice that nobody writes the same, um, and some people will break rules that you know, hard, hard and fast rules that no one's supposed to break. And other people are just, you, you kind of just see that everyone kind of has their own structure as far as screenwriting and that, you know, pretty much is 
everything is okay. <laughs> like someone has done it. Sometimes rules are meant to be broken, but you have to understand the rule in order to break it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the the main thing. So reading scripts, watching um, TV, watching uh, movies, and even kind of watching and, and kind of playing along like, okay, what's the inciting incident? What's the midpoint? What's the climax? What's the resolution within, you know, what you just watch? It's just like, hmm, how long did... Sometimes I'll, like, stop or pause the what I watch, and I'm like, okay, it took them 15 minutes to get to this point. And then I stop at the next point. Okay, it took them 25 minutes to get to this point. You know, kind of just, like, you're kind of following along to see how 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 just filmmaking works. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that definitely helps a lot. Um, when I first started out, I, I have a lot of notebooks filled with just like notes from scripts I've read and um, stuff that I watch. Like I'll actually write down like the, the timestamps of different, um, you know, the different plot points. Um, and the third thing is just try to get on sets if you can. Um, you know, you don't have to be on, in LA to do so. There's, there's stuff going everywhere. Um, you know, I even was on a couple of sets back in D.C. So whether it's a student film or, you know, whatever, just try to get on sets. Um, you know, I was a PA for a long time uh, before I became a writer. And just get on sets, learning what each person does within the context of the production. Um, you know, just try to be as helpful as possible. Network as much as you can. Learn as much as you can. Um and just try to be a resource so you can usually when people find good people to work with, they'll carry them over to whatever other projects that they have. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, if you are work good and you're consistent and you're, you know, a, a hard worker, someone's going to notice that nine times out of 10 and they'll, they'll take you along to, to other projects. Um, you just kind of have to like state your intentions and, tell people like this is what I want to do regardless of what that of if that matches what you are doing on that production still tell them what exactly what you want to do um so I'll say those are three things read scripts read filmmaking books just read in general just read see how you know read good scripts read quote-unquote bad scripts um just just read 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 um, second thing is, what was it? Yeah. <laughs> first thing was Reese Gross. Second thing, oh, watch. Watch TV, watch movies, watch web series, um, anything produced that you can get your hands on. Try like just just watch a variety of things. And even if it's not exactly in the genre that you want to write, still watch it. Like I, mm-hmm. I write comedy, but I I, I watch dramas i watch sometimes i watch sci-fi um you know i watch different things and you know just have a variety i love comedies of course but Mm -hmm. you have to you kind of have to see both sides of of writing and filmmaking and the third thing is to get on as many sets as possible yeah i just started uh i just started writing right around like a little bit after covid hit in march Mm -hmm in the u.s so i like a lot of this stuff is uh resonates with me in terms of you know like the struggles i've been going through um i've never been a good writer you know growing up or even a good reader so Mm -hmm. this is all like brand new territory for me and it was uh it's interesting um Mm -hmm. doing that like learning about all i remember like how you talked about uh, learning the rules i was when i was first started i was like very strict about the rules and then i started Mm -hmm. reading um scripts online and uh, I was like, wait, <laughs> all of these scripts are breaking all the rules I was yeah. <laughs> focusing on and learning about. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Like art, they're, like art is so vast and uh, mm-hmm. so open-ended, you know? Yeah. But also it's like, I feel like they probably could break the rules because they are who they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they have you they have the clout behind them to you know mm-hmm. they're just like yeah 
you know, I'm going to write this way because I am this person. <laughs> right. Um, so that's what I was saying. Like, you kind of have to learn the rules on to break them. Like, I still am kind of, I mean, there's, I can't really name too many times where I felt like I had to break a rule. Mm-hmm. But I understand, like, if I do, like, why I did it. Like, I, I could explain to you why I did it to back it up. And I'm not just doing mm-hmm. it just to be, like, I feel like sometimes people break the rules just to be quote unquote different or like, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm edgy. I'm doing this because <laughs> it's like, okay. I'm a revolutionary. Yeah, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rebel. And I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> no, you being a fool. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I mean, if you, if you don't want it to see the light of day, you don't want it greenlit, like, Okay. Mm-hmm. I can do that. <laughs> right. 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 Well, I think one last question I would have regarding filmmaking um, is what is one story that you need that you think needs to be told like today during the civil unrest, whether it's a story covering current events or something that was done in the past or things that are like covered up. Um, What's the, what's one story that if you had like an unlimited budget, um, unlimited resources, you would say yes? Let's start on this today. Mm, hmm. I want to say a biopic on a. Really. The first person that came to mind was Eartha Kitt. Mm, mm-hmm. But just someone what? that someone that shook the table mm-hmm. and you know didn't take take no stuff <laughs> right like, right so just a, a badass for lack of better better words right now but you know just like a badass because but she was also very vulnerable at the same time like she just had the strength that is is rare to see like she was a tiny woman but she was so mighty at the same time right. um, I love I would love to do a movie on her or someone just a, a a powerful yet vulnerable black woman um because you know we we have the the martin movies and we have the malcolm x movies and mm-hmm, we, have, mm-hmm. we have these movies but it's just like but where's the flip side to it like where's right. where is coretta's movie because i know you know she was raising all her all those kids while he was right you know mm-hmm. You know, with the movement, but she was, she she was home and she was working hard and she was also still a part of the movement and she was raising all these children. Like, you know, where where is her appreciation in in other women like her? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, that was all the questions I had regarding filmmaking. But um, I wanted to ask if it's all right with you. Just a few questions about this election that's going to happen tomorrow. (laughs) Just as your inside of your perspective. And then if there's any questions that you say, I'm good, we chilling with that too. Um, (laughs) But because we already know this is like the most sensitive election that we've ever had. Um, And really just put it in my ballot today <laughs> it's just i was like yeah we've been to say something about this and these propositions too those propositions were trip to me um but making some predictions about tomorrow's election um do you, who do you think will honestly win inside of your perspective you know what i honestly can't call it i truly can't because mm-hmm. You know, the the optimist in me, of course, wants Biden, but mm-hmm. I know how America works. And we saw that in 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. if I want to be honest, I don't know, because I just know how it goes. Like, in history, it tends right. to repeat itself. So mm-hmm. I just, I honestly don't know. But I know regardless... Um, I'm gonna be in the house for a little while because I feel like yeah. something you don't know. You don't know. He, mm-hmm. He's not gonna go peacefully if he doesn't win. Um, right. And so, you know, 
LA is supposed to be a liberal place, but we gonna see after this. Mm-hmm. This is my first time being here because I was still in in DC after the 2016 election. Wow. So this is gonna be my first time experiencing mm-hmm. the elections here. So I just I don't I don't know. But after this interview, I'm going to the store, stocking up on some stuff, and mm-hmm. I don't know how it's gonna be. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's gonna be like. March when like stuff is flying off the shelves and mm-hmm. I, I I just don't know and I'd rather be prepared than than not so right. I, I honestly I honestly don't know <laughs> <I'm>, I, was <laughs> so, I was so nervous voting earlier so I'm just like mm-hmm. oh my gosh like right. this, is, this is something right. and then the 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 propositions it's like they really want Ooh. to keep people like they yeah. the wording that they're doing that they're doing on a purpose and all of these ads the thing about now in the age of social media is there's so much misinformation and there's so like every time i'm on youtube there's like say yes to, to prop so-and-so and say no to prop right. so-and-so. and it's just like okay but who's behind this like who are the people that are funding these props because that'll tell me which what my decision is going to be most likely mm-hmm. and yeah. for example the whole uber that i think it was what was a prop 20 yeah 21 and 22 that the whole drive sharing thing is just like it's so conflicting and like i was an uber driver and i'm like yeah i would have loved to have health care because <laughs> i was working like you know full-time hours like just grinding and stuff like that but i feel like it's kind of split amongst the drivers and i i feel like there's just not they're not giving us enough information to like truly make informed decisions and i'm like at the same time the average person i don't think is actually researching mm-hmm. they're just mm-hmm. voting mm-hmm. off of feeling or off of what is on social media like no one's truly taking the time out to research these things yeah and it's just like well, how is anything supposed to change if no one's going to take the, like, one, if, if the people who are even making these props or writing on the ballot isn't being, like, completely truthful on what the yes or no means and what the props mean, but also if no one's taking the time out to do the research, like, what what's really going to change? So, you know, I just, I try to do the best that I can, and I'm not a political person by any means. Mm-hmm. I just had to, you know, try to make the best informed decision that I have. And I, it's just like, I don't, I had good intentions. I'm not like, even some of the questions is still, you know, it tripped me up until I had really had to research. I'm like, okay, right. what are y'all actually saying in this? Like, what are y'all saying in this question? Cause I don't understand what you're saying. Like you're, you're using all this jargon that the average person doesn't use. And I'm just like, what are y'all trying to do? What are y'all trying to say? Like, right. <laughs> is it, yeah, like y'all are doing this on purpose and like I peep what you're doing. And so I'm going to do my research and I want to see like who is funding these things. And the crazy thing about it is Uber and like those rideshare companies, they spent so much money mm-hmm. on these ads. And so you could have just used that to pay the people. The right. People. Right. Fighting. Exactly. Exactly. And we have to look we have to hold these people we have to hold these huge corporate corporations accountable because nothing's gonna change if we don't. Mm-hmm. Like you're using yeah. all this money, you're crying, you, you know, you're crying wolf, but you're using millions of dollars for mm-hmm. these ads when you can just use it for your workers. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Yeah. It's just it's well. Going back to the 2016 election, how was that? And do you think back because you were you were in the thick of it, you were yeah. in the yeah. eye of the hurricane, you were there. I, when it I remember like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like at the time, I was working at a restaurant and I I had a shift that night, and so of course the news was on that whole time, and once. Everything, all everything was said and done, and they tallied everything up, and they said who the winner up was. You could hear a pin drop in that restaurant. Everyone just went home. It was dead for the rest of the night. It was a total shift in the air, like just completely. It was 
like I, I will never forget that feeling because I'm just like it just felt everyone just felt hopeless like they just didn't even know no one was expecting that no right. one was expect- well I say the area that I was in we weren't expecting yeah. we know how the larger america works but we just i wasn't expecting that nobody was expecting that you could literally cut the tension with a knife and you could Mm -hmm. hear and drop throughout the whole restaurant for the rest of the night i will never forget that day well today what today's november 2nd so Mm -hmm. this episode is gonna be up after the election Mm -hmm. So it's gonna be interesting yeah. to to see mm-hmm. what ha- well I I don't want I think interesting is the wrong word it's, it's <laughs> a bit scarier than that mm-hmm. yeah I my my I think my prediction is that Biden's gonna win Trump is gonna say he wins and then for <laughs> for weeks for weeks after all we're gonna hear is uh constant like constant battle between trump saying i i actually won and just won. hear it nonstop mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. and i think what i'm i think what i'm really worried about is the violence mm-hmm. um, Me too. between two both sides like right I, with all the things that we've been hearing with like the trump supporters yeah. rallying in their cars with guns and like yeah. chasing off like they feel they feel more empowered to just mm-hmm. cause chaos and the police have been backing them up we constantly hear the police like mm-hmm. hanging out with them and talking to them while they're holding guns and just like mm-hmm. not even like saying like hey get out of here you know while they're protesting they're just like that's fine yeah you know and but that's it's, real america that is real america right. and it's it's like as unfortunate as circumstances are right now we're just holding up a mirror to our, to to the country mm-hmm. like this is really what it is y'all say that you know racism is was over once obama came into office and x y and z and whatever crap you want to tell yourself to sleep at night but that's not the case as we can mm-hmm. see so we're just mm-hmm. holding the mirror up and I, I mean i just i just hope with these past four years people really look into the mirror and and try to make that change because you know, it's it's not it's not gonna get any better anytime soon if 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 people don't actually take accountability. And that's why I was like, I'm gonna get my groceries, you know, stock up because I don't know what's about to happen next. And right. I'm not gonna be out in the streets during whatever's yeah. gonna happen. And the stores are starting to board up their windows in LA right now. I know downtown LA, some stores are out. Yeah, I think there was a there was a a riot or something this morning or a a protest in downtown LA. I think that's what I saw. It was a protest early this or around ten o'clock this morning. So I don't know. I'm just that's why I'm just like I'm 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 taking a a mental Mm -hmm. yeah next couple of days because I I don't blame you. I don't know what's going to happen. And I just feel like I just saw a meme. It, it said something like, you know, what happens when you have COVID anxiety and seasonal depression and just regular depression yeah. in an election, you know, a make or break mm-hmm. election cycle, what happens? And it's just like, who knows? We lost the hour yesterday of, of, mm-hmm. of daylight. So it's just like, who knows what's going to happen? Who truly knows? Right. Yeah. Well, in the house watching the Parkers and watching something <laughs> funny, so I can just keep my spirits up during this time because I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess one final question we would have for you is: if you could make a public service announcement to the world for the future, say in a scenario that Trump wins or that Biden wins, for like thirty seconds. What would be a word of advice you would say if Biden won? And then same for Trump. Um, I don't think that my PSA would be any different. I would say mm-hmm. um, to keep your vibrations high and just really work on your inner self because I think change change happens when we have compassion towards each other and we can't have compassion towards each other and so we have compassion for ourselves so we have to look within this is the time to do that that work that inner work look within ourselves and 
try to raise our vibrations and hopefully it will bounce off to the next person and it will create a domino effect because either way, we have a lot of work to do in the society, um, regardless of who wins. And so it's, it is so cliche and like, we hear it all the time, but it really does start with ourselves. And so I would just implore everybody to hold that mirror up, see what, you know, you can work on, work on it every day. It's not going to be a, a overnight thing, but if you continually work on it, you know, it's going to improve over time and just stay prayed up, <laughs> keep your vibration, yeah. you know, meditate, journal, um, talk it out, go on walks, you know, eat as clean as you can. So you can have the mental clarity that we need and, you know, just prepare yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually for what is to come. Mm-hmm. Well, all Absolutely. right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, we are at our hour mark for this interview. Um, but before we let you go, we just wanted to ask, um, we'd love to advertise you for our second season coming up. And if there's any uh, plugins that you want to put in for any works that you had um, in development or, you know, social media, uh, we'd love to put it in for you. Oh, yes. Um, my series page for a car therapy is at car therapy series and that's on instagram and you can find me on instagram my personal page is that girl creates i'm also on twitter um that grl creates because someone took that girl creates (laughs) (laughs) Um, and on facebook that girl creates so pretty much that girl creates over all platforms and then my social for car therapy is at car therapy series and we are still actively campaigning um to get this project out we shot it in the beginning of october and so we're just raising money to get the editing started and i would love to get this project out to y'all sooner rather than later i think it's very necessary and regardless of what happens tomorrow we we all gonna need some type of therapy and some laughter so i'm trying to get this Mm -hmm. out (laughs) (laughs) definitely agree well thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me i had a good time Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Our Small Majority. If you want to learn more about Janelle's web series, car therapy, and other work she's doing, you can check out her website at thatgirlcreates.com. Hmm. You know, this episode really reminded me of how important mental health is during the pandemic. I know an Instagram page I always like to follow, The Depression Project. It's a mental health service page providing all sorts of tips on how you can care for yourself during the quarantine. Or if you're just missing your loved ones. Yeah. And it's important to reach out to your family and friends. You never know who's suffering from depression. Humans are good at hiding their pain. Sometimes a simple how is your day can be a big help. Yeah, definitely agree. So how's your day, Matt? Why are you asking me, huh? Oh, no reason. Just occurred to me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, if you're enjoying the show, we'd love for you to leave a comment so we know what you think. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to right now. And that way you'll get notified whenever we make a new episode. Matter of fact, go ahead and click that right now. Right now. Like like right now. Right now, right now. <laughs> also, we have a new website at OurSmallMajority.com. Check out and see all the amazing shows we've been working on. And as always, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time.